You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hi, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we are going to be talking to Ani Anderson about how to let go of the toxic emotions that stop you from meeting your own self-improvement goals. Ani Anderson is the number one best-selling author of Find Your Soul's Agenda. She's also the co-creator of Sensation-Based Mindset Coaching and the CEO of New Health. Her goal is to help people navigate life's challenges with grace and gratitude rather than the toxic emotions that ultimately affect their health, vitality, and quality of life. So, Ani, welcome to your superpowered mind. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm happy to dig into everything that you do. And my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? <laughs> oh, my. You know, I think that the superpower really is uh, what it comes down to is about liking who I am. That matters so much in so many capacities in life. And it's not something that I ever wrote on a vision board or put down on my goals. But I believe that that really is the superpower that um, fuels me underneath mm-hmm. um, the successes that I have, um, keeps me going, and really does make me grateful to be alive, which is not something that I could have always said. Wow, that is beautiful. And so when, and as you're saying it, I feel the resonance um, of that and the, the, like, oh, the piece of that to really like who you are. So is that something that you think you were born and raised with, or did you have to, (laughs) did you have to come to learn how to do that? No. (laughs) Okay. Good. Oh, you're laughing. Okay. There's a story. Oh gosh. There's so many stories. Um, no, I was certainly not raised, uh, like that. I think I was raised by two very well-meaning, lovely people who aspired to be comfortable in their own skins. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was interesting actually, because I was raised in an environment where my parents had a lot of conflict growing up. There was alcoholism and there was some abuse happening in the, in the homes. And by the way, in those days, that was not something that anybody spoke about. Um, it, I remember stories from my my mother talking about how it is, it definitely wasn't something that was uh, to be spoken. She knew that as a child. And so when they raised me, they very intentionally made sure that there was not conflict in our home. And, you know, as the pendulum swings, I think you and I could both laugh a little bit and understand what kind of conundrums that creates when... (laughs) Nothing is spoken. Exactly. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because that goes well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I remember being in a personal development conference one day and they were asking me a similar question, like, what, tell me about your childhood. And I was, I was saying, my childhood was great. Everybody said that I could do it. 
And I, you know, I had some really cool successes as a kid and my parents loved me. And I remember the person running the workshop was like, well, what's your problem? (laughs) And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. And that was, that was the problem was I didn't know things were not spoken about. There were difficulties that were not brought to light. There was a lot that I had to uncover. And then I thought it was my issue. And I'm not saying it was my parents' issues either. I'm just saying there were issues and I didn't even know. So it was like trying to put together a puzzle where you didn't see the picture on the box. Right. Right. Just somehow it just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew something was off. And besides the fact I wasn't happy. Um, in my life, and I was in relationships that were um, f- quite frustrating. Um, I think the biggest incongruency was I've always been a person who has been able to achieve outward successes in some capacity. Uh, you know, I was on Broadway as a kid. Um, I started my own business. People think that's amazing, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I just did it. Um, but the inner peace and liking myself, like I said. That has been a journey for me. And I think that as I get out there and, uh, you know, I've helped so many people now in my own life as a a coach and a therapist, both, I suspect that's what a lot of people are really looking for. I mean, when they reach for outward successes, the thing that we really hope to get to is that place of inner peace that, you know, for me, it was quite challenging um, to get to and and figure out, uh, but certainly has been one of my greatest endeavors achievements, I think. It's not like I'm a, uh, you know, the Buddha all the time, which is part of it for me, really. Right. Right. So, I, I, and I agree with you. I think there is for, for so many people this, no matter what they, they achieve and no matter how things look, if there's this feeling of still often I'm not right, I'm not good enough, there's something off, mm-hmm. you know, there's something not right. So, you know, I mean, okay, we have about two minutes before we go to break. <laughs> what do I do about that? <laughs> how, like, how did you then start to like yourself? What was the realization that you had or the question you started asking yourself or what changed? Yeah, I can tell you exactly what changed. Um, And it's the find your soul's agenda process that I teach people and talk about. So happy to talk to you more about it. Um, It was the realization that my purpose was not to be happy all the time. That's what really broke it open for me. And being able to put clear language actually about who I am in the wholeness of who I am, not just when life shows up like I like it to, but also a really clear understanding of how life actually shows up for me in its challenges, usually in the exact same way. Um, when I could put uh, an awareness around that, and by the way, it's the, the, it's the polar opposite, the exact opposite of how I love life to show up. When I, when I could put really clear language around that and understand my purpose is to be a whole person, not to be a part of a person, that's when it all opened up for me. Wow. Okay, yes. And I really want to go into, you know, what, what this finding your soul's agenda process is and the purpose and all of that sort of stuff um, after the break. But can you let us know um, where people, before we go, where they can find you and, um, and your work and learn more about this? 
Sure. One of the easiest places to go is to www.aniandersonwithano.com. Great. Thank you so much. We are talking to Ani Anderson about how to let go of the toxic emotions that stop you from meeting your self-improvement goals. And we will be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Ani Anderson. And I want to go back to what you had said earlier, because so many of my clients, um, they're often um, women who are moving through the different phases of life from um, careers and children and then post-children. And, um, you know, at some point, what really starts to come up is what is my purpose? You know, what is my purpose in the world? And you said that you've discovered that your purpose is to be a whole person. And that's not that's, that is not how I would say people often think of purpose. So how would you explain what a purpose is? Yeah, I believe that our purpose is to just be alive and be here. Um, the Buddha says something like that. The Buddha says something like, um, our purpose is to live our purpose. You know, it's one of those kind of sayings you've got to think about three times before you get like what he's saying is just, just be, you're, it's just being alive. And um, that sounds really esoteric and difficult to grasp. And how do you actually do that? Um, and that's really, the, that's really the question that I was asking myself after I had a very difficult um, time in my own life where everything crumbled before me. I got a divorce. My business uh, imploded. And, you know, it's one of those kinds of times that you hear people talk about where it's like everything fell to the ground. And I was asking that exact question, Kristen. I was asking, what is my purpose? And so I really started to investigate this idea of purpose. And the answers that I was finding in the personal development industry were basically, your purpose is either about what you do, which actually I think I was coming from that orientation when I was asking the question, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so your purpose is either about what you do, or it's this feeling quality, which was intriguing to me. I thought that was interesting, but it was pointing you towards a one-sided answer. So um, I started taking some purpose courses to see what this was all about. And I, I took a few of them because I wasn't happy with the answers every time. And the reason I wasn't happy with the answers was, were because they were describing a person that I didn't see myself as, and I couldn't figure out what was up with that. So it was either the answers to the purpose courses and, and assessments that I was taking were pointing towards somebody I wasn't, or they were pointing towards somebody I couldn't recognize and couldn't get to. So I was on one of those places in life where it's like, I'm over here and I want to get there, but I have no idea where the bridge is. So asking questions around that and my own inquiry 
led me to conclusions that helped me to very clearly in very clear language identify who I was as a whole, not just as a part. Yes. And is that what is involved with your find your soul's agenda process? Is that what people are doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a it's a process to help you to determine your purpose statement. And that purpose statement also includes, uh, well, it includes a word, one word that has a definition around it. And that definition is created by the individual, which is really important to me because our language, you know, is so important. So when we use somebody else's language or society's language, it doesn't work. So the, the word is, is described and defined by us. And then it also has um, a definition of what I call the polarity. I, I like to try to take out this idea of positive and negative as much as possible. And so polarity gives us the idea that we are like a coin with two sides and we can describe the heads and we can describe the tails, but it's not like the heads or the tails are right or good or, or better, you know, whatever side you're looking at. So, um, so it describes your purpose in uh, the polarity as well, and then gives you a very clear statement so that you can help yourself to begin to make decisions from that place of who I am, rather than just trying to fish around for what am I supposed to do in any moment. Um, and God forbid we're asking ourselves super big questions like, what career should I you know, go change to um, when we're not even looking at who we really are to be able to make those decisions? So the, the statement really gives a, a decision-making compass. So yes, that, that's the sole agenda process. Wow. And that is that what's described in your book? I yeah. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So the, the first part of the book is a lot of background information into natural laws and, and human behavior and how uh, we typically uh, think um, and a lot of stuff I've recognized in myself and from my clients and in society um, that, that are disempowering ways of thinking. And then we go into finding the soul's agenda through, through doing a process. And yes, it's actually in the book. People want to know, is it actually in the book? Yes, it actually is in the book. I think that's so important. <laughs> yes. There's a way in which you can buy the book and then the end is like, and hire me and I'll <laughs> right. tell you how to do this. Yeah, I know. I yeah. hate that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, good. So what actually leads, of course, it is often very helpful. I will say this because I have the same, but how many times do you buy the book and there's the process and you don't do it unless you have somebody actually yep. there Yep. guiding you and holding you to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's interesting um, in this industry where there's all kinds of ways that people go about um, distributing their information and, and gaining clients and, and things. I kind of uh, was flying by the seat of my pants when I wrote the book and not too sure how the process would be received in, in written format because it was something that I had been doing with clients for a few years and it was working miraculously, but would it be received well? Could people do it by themselves? And then, you know, would they need to hire me? What would happen next? And it's really interesting how that's worked for, for us in our company because time and time again, I, I still get emails from people um, who have read the book and said, I found my word. I did it myself. Um, I surprised myself by being able to do that. Thank you so much. My life is so much better. And off they go. And um, we're so pleased with that result because what's happened for our business is the folks who 
have done the process and love it and want to know more actually come to us to learn about our certification program in sensation-based mindset coaching, which the Find Your Soul Agenda um, is a piece of it. Um, so, you know, what I'm trying to say is it's really quite remarkable because the, the process itself, people can actually do and have pretty remarkable uh, insights and um, results with by themselves. And I wasn't aware of that when, when I wrote the book. That was a right. really happy outcome. That's great. So you're, you've mentioned this a couple of times and is the sensation-based mindset. So what is that? Yeah, sensation-based mindset coaching is a methodology that my husband and I developed after years of having really remarkable client results. And not, uh, to be honest with you, we live in this little town. And so it was like the two of us running this really amazing little show where um, when people didn't know what was wrong with them or the psychologist couldn't help them or the physical therapist or the doctor couldn't help them, they would come see us. And so we had this thriving practice where we became known as the people who people would come to when you didn't know it was wrong and we could fix you up. And um, it, it occurred to us at some point that we were doing something unique that maybe other people would like to know how to do. Mm-hmm. So we started to really look at what it was and how we could do it. And as so we're a rehabilitation specialist by trade. I'm an occupational therapist. He's a physical therapist. And for years we were doing body work on people too. But as we started to investigate what it was that we were doing and why people were getting such good results, what we recognized was there was a very holistic way that we were looking at a person, a very holistic way that we were speaking to people. Um, And it was less really about what we were doing and more about how we were coaching, how we were uncovering the answers within a person for themselves, not telling them what to do, but helping them to, to come to their own conclusions. That really was the special link. And so as we began to uh, take what we knew and bring it out to a larger audience, what we recognized that was a lot of people were talking about the mind in terms of the mind between the two ears, but not really talking about how to access all aspects of mind, which we include in that the body mind, the mental, emotional mind, and the natural mind or the collective mind. So how, how do you very, very simply access all aspects of a person's mind? We, we found that that wasn't something that a lot of people were talking about. And so we coined the phrase sensation-based mindset because our, our methodology really does help a person understand that um, it's not the thoughts that are generating the results. It's not even the emotions that are generating the results in somebody's life. When we look back to why, physiologically, why our behavior stems, uh, what, what it stems from, it's actually the sensory experience. So that's, that's how we teach people how to help others uh, with their behavior, their habits, their patterns, um, so that they can um, really make deep and powerful transformations in people's lives simply. It's through the sensation base. Good. So let me, you just said a lot there, and I yeah. want to... Um, Make sure. So when, when people come to you at your, in the past and when you started, is it people who are having 
um, you know, issues in their minds, depression, anxiety, or were you actually dealing with people with physical issues? <laughs> so actually, my husband was dealing with people with physical issues mostly, and I was dealing with people who had more emotional stress and anxiety things that were manifesting as physical symptomology, So, but they had an awareness of that. So between the two of us, we were dealing with people who both had mental and emotional manifestations or symptomology that was coming up. And um, what we discovered when we really started investigating this stuff further was it didn't matter whether it was coming out as a physical symptomology or an emotional symptomology. Um, I'm, I'll tell you which would later come out in a physical symptomology. Mm-hmm. Um, what was really going on was a relationship problem. And so when we recognized that, we actually switched our focus a bit to investigate that a little bit further and started to look at relationships with people. Um, and we're finding that the methodology still got the same um, um, result. It was still helpful, whether we were looking at relationships, whether we were looking at health, whether we were looking at emotions. Or, and then we extrapolated to wonder, like, wow, I wonder if we could help people grow their businesses and help improve their relationship with their business and their relationship with money. And that went really well, too. Cool. So you've yeah. got – you pretty much – it sounds like it works in lots of different areas. So w- when people come to you with physical symptoms, like what kind of physical symptoms show up as the result of emotional stress and, and thoughts? Like what mm-hmm. kind of things do you see? Yeah, at this point in my career, I'm primarily helping people to grow their businesses. And so they won't come to me with physical symptomology right off the bat, but this is what will happen. They'll start to grow their business and they will um, have headaches or they'll have back pain or they'll have shoulder issues. Those are the three that we see most commonly. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, traditionally what people say then is, oh, well, you know, my shoulders hurt or my back went out or I've got these headaches or migraines. I've got to go take care of that with my naturopath or my diet or whatever. And we say, time out. This is is your biggest opportunity right here. And we go right in, we go right in there because there's some pretty classic mindset issues that come up with folks who are dealing with um, those specific physical symptomologies that Mm -hmm. not only can you um, help the physical symptoms, but you can also take whatever goal you are working on and really use it as a springboard and and leverage uh, the information that's coming through the body mind. Great. And so what is a bot? How do you define body mind? So yeah, the, I would define it as the body. So in Chinese medicine, there's a word um, heart, heart mind. They don't actually have a separate word for heart that doesn't include the intelligence of the heart, which I think is really interesting. In our society, we say body and we say mind. And when somebody says body mind, we're not exactly sure what they're talking about. What I'm talking about is the body. So I'm, as I say body mind, I'm acknowledging the inherent intelligence within the body when I say it like that. Got it. And then you said that there's also an emotion, is it was an emotional mind? I'm not sure I caught the right. Yeah, intellectual, emotional mind. So we don't actually tease those things apart when we're talking about them in that uh, the, the intellect and the emotions as we know them in Western language 
we think again that they're separate, but when we look at them from an energetic perspective, uh, beliefs and patterns and habits all have mental emotional components to them. You can't extrapolate it. Uh, we like to think that we can, um, but it's been my experience that uh, the people who can mentally extrapolate things and move forward in their lives actually have enough subconscious patterning already going on from what they learned in their lives to be able to succeed in the ways that they're trying to. This kind of explains why some people can do it and some people can't in terms of the think your way to whatever it is you're looking for um, result in your life. The change your thinking, change your life kind of idea. It, it, this kind of explains why some people can get there and why some people can't. If you have enough subconscious programming from when you were little to help you to take whatever it is that you're trying to transform and do it by changing your thinking, then you'll be fine. But if you don't have enough subconscious programming already going on in that direction, in that train of, of, uh, of uh, thought towards what you're trying to get to, it just won't work. Um, so it leaves a lot that change your thinking, change your life kind of idea leaves a lot of people wondering what's wrong with them. It's not that something's wrong with you. It's just that you need a different approach. Right. So you're, uh, there are a couple of things I'm trying to wrap my head around how to ask you that. So because you'd said that our, our behavior stems from our sensory experience. And it also sounds like you're saying that our behavior stems from our subconscious patterning. Mm -hmm. So how, how do I, those two things related mm -hmm. or are they the, you know, or are they not? And there's something that I'm missing. Yeah, no, you're not missing anything. It's actually so simple that people have a really hard time um, wrapping their head around it. Um, we are taught as children approximately before the age of seven, how to be in the world. And, and so I chose my words really carefully there. Mm -hmm. how to be in the world. So how to think, how to act, all of that stuff. Um, and our, our subconscious mind is open to everything that we see and hear, and it's open to the vibrational influences around us. So just like I learned in my own life not to talk about conflict, nobody said that. It wasn't even that I watched it and said to myself, oh, this is what they're doing. They're not talking about things. No, I learned that vibrationally. I just learned that that was the way to be in the world. So we have these, um, our subconscious actually becomes our physiology because when we learn how to be in the world, our heart learns how to react to certain uh, external stimulus. Our, our, our eyes learn what to pay attention to. Our liver learns how to function. Our, uh, our glands learn how to secrete hormones based on certain uh, external circumstances. So the subconscious mind actually is our body. And that's why I believe it's so important to incorporate the body-mind into our personal development because when we don't, we're literally not using all of our intelligence. Wow. Yes, that makes so much sense. So it's everything. It's sort of everything is stored in our body and our body is going to play out what we've learned about mm -hmm. who we are. So how do you go about is it possible to go and change our subconscious then, change our body or change our physiology? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can be done really simply. It can be done rapidly and simply. When, instead of trying to spend years of your life changing your thoughts, when, instead of spending years of your life unraveling your emotions, you just go to the raw data. 
You go to the raw data of the system and that's the sensations. So when we work with the sensory aspects of life, when we work with the sensory experience, we're going to the raw data of the human experience. And in that way, we can become aware of, which is the first step, what's going on in our, in our subconscious mind. We can, we can become aware of the patterns and habits and behavior. And then we can decode it if we have to. Why the heck do I do that? Where is it coming from? And then from there, we can begin to modify and reframe it so that we can create whatever it is that we want. But if we don't know what's going on in there, of course, we can't change it. We all know that famous quote, you know, you can't change anything you're not aware of. But also, you know, there are certain things we actually need to decode. We actually need to figure out where it came from and decide for ourselves, is this functional for me now? Is this what I want to believe? Is this what I want to feel? Um, and have some understanding around that. And I think that really, that point about decoding really points back to the mindfulness and Buddhist philosophy that you can't love something you don't understand. Um, so when we can understand ourselves and understand our reactions and understand why our body functions the way it does, why our mind functions the way it does, then we can love it. And what we can love, we can decide you know, what we want to do with next. Right. Right. Yes. I love everything you're saying because there's this way in which we just show up in the world with all of these assumptions about what the world means and, and who we are without having any understanding that those are our assumptions yeah. that were, yeah. And I remember, you know, it's fun to, to walk people through that process of even just starting to realize how many things that you just assume are true without ever even looking at alternative explanations. And yeah. uh, so, so when you're talking sensory experiences, so let's say, Somebody is going through the world with this pattern of thinking, you know, along the lines of I'm not good enough. You know, mm -hmm. I'm never, I'm never going to make it. I don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. How, how do you start to unravel that? Yeah, great question. I love this so much. So um, the first thing you would do is become aware of when you're feeling like that. And I, we ask, the first step is to become aware of. So we ask people two questions in the become aware of phase. And that is, where are you feeling what you're feeling? And what does it feel like? Now, here's the interesting distinction, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Where people can usually get to. So I'll say, where, where do you feel those feelings of I'm not good enough? And somebody might say, I feel them in my chest. And then I'll say, what does it feel like? Now, here's something really interesting. If you're describing what it feels like in an emotion, then you're all caught up in the story and the pattern and the beliefs and the memories and the et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You're describing it as a sensation. It sounds different. So for example, I might, some, somebody might become aware that they're having this experience of not feeling good enough. So I would say, well, where do you feel that in your body? And they might say the chest. And um, if I said, well, what does it feel like? And they said guilt. I'd know that they're describing an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. If they said it feels like um, uh, anger or grief, I would know they're describing an emotional experience. So I would say to them, I want an adjective or an image. And when I get that adjective or an image, then I'm getting at the sensory experience. So all of a sudden the person might say, well, it feels constricting. Aha, that's a sensory experience. Now okay. we're to the bottom. So I highly encourage people uh, when they're beginning with this work to do that specific thing anytime that you're realizing that you don't feel so hot, you don't feel great, you, you've, you're judging yourself, whatever it is, you're judging somebody else, whatever it is. 
um, where do you feel it and what does it feel like? And what you're looking for in that second question is an adjective or adjective or an image. You're looking for a describing word or an image associated. And then, you know, you're at the sensation. Okay, great. And then what do you do with that? So, okay, I've got this tightness in my chest, really constricted feeling. Yep. Yeah. So the, the 101 answer is you sit there with it. You be with it. That's the, that's the beginner's answer. From there, it gets a little bit more complex. And it's not complex in how it is resolved. It's complex in where the subconscious resistance comes up. And what I mean by that is the self-sabotaging. So from there, a person might have thoughts that come up and are overwhelming them with the voices in their heads. From there, the sensations might hide. From there, there's all kinds of stuff. That, from there, we might get confused. From there, we might doubt ourselves. From, there's so many from theirs that that's really where you do need a practitioner because a, a sensation-based mindset practitioner from there will help a person be able to, um, after they have become aware of, decode if they need to where that experience is coming from and then work towards modifying and reframing it. It's been my experience in doing this work now for a number of years that people can have unbelievably profound transformations just from doing what I suggested at first, which is become aware of it and be with it. Be with the sensory experience. Profound transformations. I get, I get um, messages all the time. People are like, oh my God, I heard you say that on an interview and I did it. And then I did X, Y, Z. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. And if there's more in there for you to uncover, um, that's really where uh, the help of a, a practitioner comes in. Exactly. Yes. And that is, I, I, when I first discovered the power of, of putting the emotion or finding the emotion in the body, it, it did change my life. It was, it was, you know, this process of um, recognizing also because it takes for people who are so stuck in their head, mm -hmm. oh, it, yeah. it, you know, with these thoughts that loop, you know, I'm never, it's a way to just get to the pure energy of it and feel yeah. it and process that energy rather than being stuck in these stories and loops that are never, ever going to take you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so not helpful. And I don't know about you, but I've I had mentors uh, early on in my personal development journey who were like, don't listen to that voice. And you know what? I couldn't. And the reason yes. I couldn't is because this sensory experience makes it feel real. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's like you, it, it's one of those first steps of really just being like, oh, wait, there is another alternative to being inside the head. Of course, yeah. it takes some practice it to does. then learning how to just sit with the feeling rather than <laughs> going back into the head. But yeah, because it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it is uncomfortable, but, but it's also, but it's less uncomfortable than sitting with the, oh my God, the sky is falling Constantly. always in your head too. So Heck yeah. Uh, so, oh my gosh, I am loving talking to you. I, you, this is so fascinating. I can see just how much this can help people um, to really change. And maybe even ultimately, we still didn't quite get to exactly how you ended up liking who you are, but I'm assuming it's going to be a process of of going through this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Because when you aren't afraid to sit with yourself in the uncomfortable moments, when you understand that that discomfort is a pattern that you learned, and when you don't have to blame the people who taught you because you understand that they were taught by people who were taught by people who were taught by people, all of a sudden you can see that what is happening with me 
was actually just passed down. I don't have to blame about it. And I don't have to be angry about it. I can just watch and witness it and deal and deal with it within myself. Um, that's where that, that uh, contentment comes from, where I can really say I'm, I'm happy to be who I am. Because even when I'm upset, even when I'm angry and sad or, or in shame, which actually is the hardest one for me, mm-hmm. um, I can still, I can still like who I am. I mean, that's, that's where that comes from. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing all of your, your wisdom. Well, not all of your, a very, very small part of your wisdom <laughs> with us today. Um, remind people again where they can find you and learn more about the sensation-based mindset coaching. and Sure, sure. Stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff. The easiest place to find me is at www.aniandersonwithano.com. And um, Sensation-Based Mindset is actually online as well at sensationbasedmindset.com. Great. Thank you, Ani, and all of you listening. Thank you for being here. So I would suggest next time you find yourself in this loop, Tune into your body and see if you can feel that sensation. Where is it and how would you describe it as a sensation? And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform the world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 